welcome to To Be Perfectly Honest. I'm Anel. And I'm Corey. And on today's episode, we'll be covering Season 7, Episode 1 of Game of Thrones. So if you guys listened to the last podcast that we released, that is going to be the preview episode where we talk about what's going on, where the characters are, and what we think is going to happen on this season. Um, and this one, we're going to start right off the bat, right where the episode does, and we're going to go over that preview that airs for about the first two and a half minutes before the episode. So Anel, what did we see in this one? Well, we had a recap. Uh, Cersei has blown up the Septon. Say that five times fast. Right. That was pretty epic, I must say. That and um, Red Wedding, probably the two most crazy scenes. Yeah, Um, definitely. Not involving an actual battle. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely some murders happened in both. Um, We see that winter has come. We see the army of White Walkers march with the Night King with the fog rolling in. So winter is here. We also see that um, the Citadel has sent out the White Ravens signaling that winter has come. Very historic moment for those of us who've watched since season one. We've been waiting for winter to come. We've been hearing it. It's become kind of a tropey sort of saying, but now it's finally here, so... It's coming. Um, I will say this is probably just a little from what I've noticed. Um, If you've watched the Harry Potter movies, have you? I know this is completely different. You have. Um, So I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, but everyone says that the books get progressively darker as they go on. And you can see that in the movies. Like the first couple movies are very like... They're kids' movies. They're, you know, bright and happy and shiny, and there's lots of magic, blah, 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 blah. Later on, they get very gloom and doom and gray, and that same thing is happening here. You know, when we first um, dropped down on everybody, we were in these exotic locations. We Season six, um, we noticed that everything is getting a lot darker. I mean, even I watched this the other day in a cold room, and I was like, I feel like I'm in winter right now, and it's the middle of summer. Um, okay, so uh, we have Jon Snow as the king of the north. Yep, elected by all of those northerners who, they don't like to bend the knee, but they want someone to lead, and John has seen the most, he knows what's coming from north, and... uh, He's the most experienced so far. And he's uh, the closest, besides Sansa, to uh, Stark blood. Okay, so Jon Snow is elected king of the north, then we have Euron um, is elected the king of the Iron Isles, he was drowned and came back to life. And we have Asha and Theon. They basically take all of the 20 fastest ships. They leave and get the fuck out of there. And they sail over to Marine to team up with Danny. Yeah, and I think that kind of in a nutshell uh, encapsulates our uh, preview or previously on. Well, there was a little bit of previously on to remind us of when Arya and the Hound were at that farm and uh, the Hound left the... Um, farmer and his daughter to die took their mm-hmm. queens it also we also saw that um so we had the hound basically joined the brothers without banners so we saw that um aria um she slits walter frey's throat so and she tried to feel, feed him the children but i don't think he actually took a bite um and In the then books, though, i think he did he, oh that's so awesome we just got to see a finger in the last episode um we have sam and gilly going to old sam we kind of already said that that's where we saw that the white ravens were sent out everywhere and then um brands the three-eyed raven now so um he's able to touch the godswood and he can he can warg he can warg 
you can see in the past. So, and then in six, we have found out that um, Jon Snow is actually... Bran actually is the only one who knows because we were seeing mm-hmm. that through Bran's uh, visions as the Three-Eyed Raven. So uh, we know that Lyanna uh, is... Yep. Lyanna Stark, yes, is Jon's mom. But we don't know much more than that confirmed. I mean, we all pretty much can speculate, but you know where speculations get you in this show? Killed! The end. Okay, so that's pretty much it for the preview. So we open up and uh, we have this. Now, this was kind of an interesting scene for five seconds. I was about to go, oh my God, are we back in time? I do not. Oh, this yeah, guy's I think, already dead. I think everyone was kind of like that. And They're then, like, did I imagine <laughs> this yeah, or. What is going on? And then we're like, oh yeah, um, that cool little trick. So um, as he goes and murders his children, um, like anyone else in Westeros would do. I'm going to just recap. So, Walder Frey, um, we see in this first scene, and he's addressing his bannermen and what looks to be some sort of celebration. They have wine, and um, so we're, we know that uh, Arya has already slit his throat, much in the same way that his mother, or her mother died at the Red Wedding. And so, it doesn't take too long to realize that this Walder is much different than the Walder we know. And we then realize that Arya can use people's faces, and this is Arya. Now, one thing that we also know is that um, Arya takes care of women, and that's when I was for sure this is Arya and not like some sort of flashback yep. or like a brand's vision um, when she tells the girl not to drink the wine. That was the last little clue that I needed. I was like, this is Arya. Mm-hmm. So uh, all the bannermen drink the wine. They die. She tells the girl that she told not to drink the wine, so she's still living, to let everyone know that the North remembers. And Arya clapped back. Yeah. Um, we also found out that Arya can now take people's faces and she can put them on. And she actually completely changes her body, too, it looks like. Um, because if you looked, he had hands of an old man. He was the height of an old man. She takes that off, and it's her in his clothing, but she's her regular size. So Yeah, but you know what? I was just wondering, you know, is that just due to the fact that obviously they have to use the same actor? Is Or is that, like, a legitimate? Is it not just the face? I mean, it would make sense, you know? I mean, I don't know. We're, we're thinking of this literally like she's putting on that face. There's some magic component involved to it. There has to be. No, no, no. It's surgery. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's science. It's plastic surgery, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, there's there's no way it would be believable in any situation unless your body changed to that somehow. You know what I mean? The whole process of doing this does something, blood magic or something like that. Does it make sense? Like, if I take your face... So, are you asking me if someone taking another person's face and totally encompassing that person's whole essence to the point of fooling another person, and then their own face suddenly reappears, if that makes sense, then I, I would yeah. have to say no. Um, no, what, I, what <laughs> I'm trying to say is, like, if I was to literally cut off your face and put it onto my face... It would not look like your face because my face is underneath it and we have a different facial structure. Like, that's just my face. Let alone the body. Like, if she wants to put on, you know, a different face and go do something when she was trying to work for the House of Black and White, 
I mean, how many times has um, that guy turned into a girl, turned into this? You know what I mean? It makes sense that your body would have to change to perform that illusion. Now, how that's working has to be some kind of mysterious, mysterious magical way of doing it. But wouldn't they just have the whole bodies and not just the face catalog? They'd have, like, a whole, like, your whole body catalog. I think the face is, like, you know, kind of like the soul. I don't know. You can't make this up as you go, Corey. Anyway, more to come. Oh, oh. <clears throat> okay, so um, we come into the next one. We have the White Walkers come in the fog, and we see that they are coming. Um, we have a bunch more people added into this army, and then they we have see the that giants. The giants, um, and so we kind of fade in that giant's eye, and we pop out, and we see that that was a vision seen through Bran. Um, Bran. Bran. God damn it. <laughs> Bran. Um, that was seen through Bran. Um, he was having, um, last time we saw him, he remember he was touching the, the wear tree. So um, I think that's where it is. And then after that, um, they make it to the wall. Um, they basically are invited in. And then yeah, we have, um, we have Bran, Mira, and Ed. And Ed is opening the door to the wall. And we have Mira and Bran both trying to get you know, get through the wall right. and he's contesting, like, how do I know you're who you say you are? So, um, Bran proves it by giving him all this information that he's seen yeah. through, uh, the werewood tree that n- there's no way else. There's no other way he would know about, uh, Hartholm and all of that. And, uh, so one thing that is proven, uh, that we know by this scene is one, Mira is buff as hell because who knows how long she's been. I mean, Hodor had to like, Hodor committed suicide, I think, because he was tired of <laughs> carrying hold the door. Yeah. <laughs> He was like, hold Bran, not yeah. hold the door. Seriously. Right. And um, the other thing we know now is that Ed, who is good friends with Jon Snow, now knows that uh, Bran is alive. And so uh, I would imagine that we'll be seeing a raven flying to um, Winterfell. To Winterfell to talk to or to give a message to John about Bran. Um, now, one thing I have a question about: Why is he so suspicious of these people? Because aren't we accepting all the wildlings now? Well, um, I think the suspicion is more so like all the Starks are dead. Um, everyone knows that uh, we haven't seen Bran in yeah. years, so this guy comes to the to the gates mm-hmm. he's been on the other side of the wall which is like death yeah. and so for one who are you people how are you alive and you claim to be who yeah, true okay i see so it's more like questioning who he is than it is letting him in yeah i okay. would be questioning i mean like i, I get it know? it's also like he's in a fucking sled like how many fucking people that look like that with dark hair yeah and you, you got a woman carrying a half paralyzed kid and you guys made it He's pretty much a man by nowadays terms, right? I mean... Yeah, definitely by weight. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So... Oh, okay. This is one thing I wanted to say in our little thing, but we didn't yet. We had in our... Um, the Battle of the Bastards episode. So that was like nine of last season, right? Mm-hmm. So we had all these people that came from the north right and there was a whole bunch of people that died up there in that battle with the white walkers but we did get some people on the boats that did come and that portion of the army along with a couple other groups from the north battled fucking crazy ass ramsey a lot of those people died 
Like, how many people are left? I mean, a shit ton of them died. Um, yeah, I just, I'm kind of like, ugh, like. That's ugh. why I think it's, it's number one on John's priorities to get. Unite everybody, which we see here. In as many that. people yeah. on board. I mean, at this point, he doesn't care who's a traitor, who's not, because the biggest focus is. Look, white walkers coming. Do yeah. you remember Heart Home? Too bad he doesn't have like an instant take where he can just be like, "Look, I, I've here's a video of what's to come." Right, I have my snap glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> they should do one of those. <laughs> what if, uh, <laughs> what if Game of Thrones had Snapchat? <laughs> well, I mean, dick pic, dick pic. I don't have a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's referencing. There's either. a video about. Um, what if Game of Thrones characters had Facebook? And if you haven't seen that, it's worth a look. It's pretty funny. Definitely. Okay, so after that, we come to, speaking of Jon Snow, we have Jon Snow gathers the North. So we have kind of the Marmots and the Glovers, and everyone's kind of bickering, bickering back and forth a little bit. Um, the the Is she the Queen of Bear Island, or what, what's her title? The ruler, the little girl. Oh, um, Mormont. The Mormon, yeah, but what's what's her title? Is she the queen? The little girl basically is like, oh, you bastard, you should, we've always supported the stocks and blah, 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 and when you called, you didn't do this and blah, 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 blah. So essentially, um, they're, they're all decided to band together. So that's cool. We have the Glovers, we have the Marmots, we have the other houses. Um, we have the Wildlings together. They don't all like this, but they understand that it's necessary. Um, then one of the things is that we have the people that were supporting Ramsey. So we had this Karsarks and the Umbers, correct? Yeah. And they, they supported Ramsey. And so everyone else basically goes. But it was the, it was the parents. The parents did, correct. Mm-hmm. So they, the, the, the leaders of that group are dead. They've died in battle. And we don't see this kind of until the end of the scene, but everyone basically wants to take those castles and oust everyone out of it and give them to people that were loyal and including Sansa and John is like no we cannot do that winter is coming these people have lived here for thousands of years I'm not going to oust people out of their homes we need to unite these people and so kind of in the end we see these two figureheads of these uh these families which are little kids come out Mm -hmm. and they're like oh we pledge our houses to you um and so Basically, we have everyone in the North, yeah. it seems like, is together. Alice um, Alice and little Ned. Alice uh, Karsark and Ned Umber, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think what's important to note is uh, in this scene, you see John and Sansa interacting. And and, they, um, and we have the Littlefinger playoff, too. Uh-huh. And although uh, John has been elected King of the North, you see... Sansa chiming in and voicing her opinion, which is showing um, a lot different Sansa than what we know. Usually Sansa would be keeping her mouth shut and trying to abide by the rules, but um, having a hard life has changed her. And I think she feels a little more comfortable with it being John. Um, John, although he values her opinion, he's like, look, I got to do what I got to do. And I'm the one that's king. So we can kind of build upon that. Um, We also see that uh, I think is important to note that um, Sansa notably says that she's learned a lot from Cersei. And then John notably says, it's almost like you admire her. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they would have worded it in that way if it wasn't something we were supposed to 
catch up For on. Sure. Why it perks my interest that Sansa would say, um, you know, that she learned a lot from Cersei and John would say it's almost like you admired her um, is because Sansa is still doing things that we can't explain away, like why she would not tell John that she had the Knights of the Vale av- available to help um, participate in the Battle of the Bastards, why she'd wait till the end. And then uh, the things that she's doing now, saying she learned a lot from Cersei. Uh, is it a coincidence that her hair is similar? There are similar things, uh, similar hairstyles that a lot of ladies in the South do. Um, so that's not a dead giveaway, but they are things to kind of catalog in the back of your mind as um, more to come. So, although, like I said, I hope that that's not what's in store for Sansa, but it is the Game of Thrones. Yeah. And she's learned not only from Cersei, but from um, Littlefinger. She was married to um, Tyrion. Um, she was also married to Ramsey. I mean, these are all master manipulators. So that's who she's learned the game from. So I think she does have a lot to contribute as far as her knowing the game from that angle. But uh, we still also have Littlefinger um, in her ear saying whatever he needs to say. And also, too, if you look at the comparison with Cersei, you know, Cersei, as we know her now, what was the thing that set her along this path besides fucking her brother, which has been happening this entire time, killing Robert or, you know, having her cousin get him super drunk or poison him. We never are really clear on that, but she admits to having a part in it. So after she blows everything up, she has that lady that beat her a lot. And she's like pouring wine on her face. And she's oh, like, the septa. She's yeah. like, I'm going to confess and blah, blah, blah. So we know she had a part in that. I'm not saying that she killed him, but she had a heavily induced part of it. What did Sansa just do? She just killed her husband. She was married to Ramsay. Mm-hmm. Now he was a piece of shit. I'm not saying he didn't, under, you know, didn't deserve it, but she literally fed him to the hounds. So maybe this is a step where she's going down, you know. I think anybody would have killed Ramsay, given the opportunity. I agree. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, it does kind of, this is the stepping stone if she wants to go off of it and become Cersei. This is where Cersei started. And seriously, this wasn't necessarily evil. She just wanted the best interests of her house. So, but yeah, in a nutshell, we'll just have to see what's going on. But I am worried a little bit for her. Um, Another thing to note in that scene is that um, we do have um, those two castles that um, Jon Snow didn't want to just like turn over and put new people in. Those are the places that are the closest to Endwatch or Eastwatch, sorry. Um, which we find out the hound has that vision. He looks at with the, the uh, brothers without banners uh-huh. and they say, look into the fire. And he says that the white walkers are coming. They're coming across the sea where the wall meets the sea, which would be East watch. Yeah. Right. Okay. Those cities that are closest to us, we talked about this a lot other night, that would be, um, the Cardstarks and the umbers places. Mm-hmm. So that is probably a huge motivation for why he's not overturning these to completely new people. These people have lived there for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. The people that aren't royalty are going to be there. They need protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now he and, doesn't. Uh, he doesn't know necessarily that Eastwatch is coming, but he did make. Well, he did have. He does understand it's important. 
It's one of I the... think what you mean when you say Eastwatch is coming is that the Night's King and all the Army of the Dead is coming down. The last place we saw him is Hartholm. The next mm. city, or the next uh, touchdown place outside the wall, or at the wall, is going to be uh, Eastwatch by the sea. And, um, well, and that's, that's why that's he gives... That's literally what um, is prophesized too. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, it makes so sense. So he also, John... Um, puts the wildlings in charge of the east watch by the sea so you know we've we've talked about how there is magic in the wall to where they can't cross and we know that's why we had um which we never really discussed at all but i guess um you know the stark uncle who was in um, the night's watch that died and found bran and brought him and saved him from the white walkers says he can't cross because there's strong magic in the wall that people are that are dead cannot cross, and he's dead. So, how are they going to get through here? We already kind of described he, they can't go on the water. Do they have ships? Are there undead ships? That'd well, be kind of um, freaky. there's speculation that uh, there might be something to do with the mark on Bran. That when Bran crosses the wall, it will allow um, the Night's King to also cross. So, we don't know more to come on that that we only thing we know in this episode is they're on the way and bran is on his way through the wall onto the other side Okay, so then we come up with... Cersei uh, and Jamie. Yep, and they Cersei's having a, a painted map commissioned, and that's kind of a theme that we see going on throughout this entire episode. All of the different houses are kind of looking at the bigger picture and plotting their next points that they want yep. to go. They, uh, she has a map uh, being painted of Westeros, and she talks about 
all the enemies, uh, people to the north, people to the west and the south, and enemies on all sides. And then basically, um, Jamie comes and says, you know, what the hell are we going to do? We have no allies. Winter is coming. We need food. Basically, they need to make an alliance with... um, Whoever they can at this point. Well, no, they specifically say the... um, The Tyrells. Tyrells. They really need to make an an alliance with the Tyrells. However, we already know that the Tyrells... um, What's the old lady's name? Elena. Elena already made a pact with the Dornish people to basically kill everybody at any cost she doesn't give a shit even packed or not because we don't really know what was said there we just see them they at the were, end yeah, they, I mean, they, they murdered everybody she i mean the Three she blames people. the lannisters for taking out her whole family and we know that her Rightfully so beloved marjorie i mean she could probably have cared less so to speak about her husband she didn't seem yeah. seem like the women that run that husband. family that was her son was that her son yeah. oh yeah that was her son because that was marjorie's dad and that's her grandmother yep but anyway, in any case, the men are kind of obsolete in that culture. And she uh, blames the Lannisters, especially Cersei, for uh, taking out her whole legacy. She well, has no one else, even no one she, to follow the... You know, even if she didn't, she's the one that got that high septum up the way he was. That was all Cersei's own doing. That guy was a nobody until she got hold of him. I'm just talking... Uh, Olena was well, and she blamed said, she says that that's the last thing that she says before she leaves King's Landing. She says, you know, I don't know if you're the the worst person in the world, but you really stand out. The way that you smirked at me when you got my granddaughter and grandson thrown in prison, I'll never forget. Yeah, so. and um, what they need the what the Lannisters need the Tyrells for is grain because if they need to raise this massive army they have to well, be able to feed them and let's and, just forget they're broke they were broke at the they were broke two seasons ago when we had um you know Tyrion was the hand not the hand of the king but the you know the what the fuck is it called the lord of coin or whatever the hell master mm-hmm, of coin master of coin um he was like we are so broke we owe all of this money to bravos that was an issue back then that never got resolved yeah, very true. That's one thing that um, I hadn't even taken into consideration, but very true. Yeah, I think the other thing that's kind of alluded to here is, you know, Jamie, when Tywin won, all Tywin wanted was basically, he looked at Jamie and was like, you are my golden child. Like, you're the eldest man. I want to give this dynasty to you. And he never wanted to accept it. He just kind of wanted to fuck off. And now that Tywin is dead, I think it might be passed to him. You know, they're looking towards him. We, uh, Tyrion's gone. <laughs> I mean, as far as we know, Tyrion wants everyone to die in his family, besides Jamie. But do you think he's going to give a shit or help them again? No. Cersei's crazy as fuck. All she gives us a fuck about is staying on the throne, no matter what. Well, um, when you, when you take the oath to the King's Guard, you give up your, uh... Title? Mm-hmm. You give up your, your option to... Um, yeah, but you're not supposed to leave until you're dead, and the king took him out. What? Tommen t- was like, you're not part of the king's guard anymore. You're going to go and head the armies and go out there. So, when normally when you're part of the king's guard, remember, you're supposed to be there until you die. And so, remember, sir, whatever the fuck, that's but over I think, with Danny? I think the doing it the once overrides, yeah, the, the king may order you to do something else, but it's still... Okay, Sir Barristan, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, remember he was the king's guard? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Joffrey is like, you're no longer needed. And he's like, uh, uh, we swear an oath until we're done. And he goes, oh, you'll have lands over here and da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. If he can have lands and a title at that point, once you're taking off the king's guard, you can have all that back. Or was that just Joffrey, like, making his own rules? I don't know. It obviously can happen. It's not supposed to. I'll do some investigation. But, I mean, I don't... I'm I'm not necessarily thinking... I don't think he, like, he is going to be the one who da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, he's going to do this and then marry someone and do this. I think he's just going to be the one who is going to take this shit together and plan for the future of the household, not... What is but I don't. Right now. Yeah, I don't even think that the people necessarily are fans of the Lannisters. They just are trying to be obedient so that they don't freaking get blown the fuck up. Well, I, mean, I don't think the people are fans of anyone in power, to be really honest. I think they like Marjorie. Well, she's dead. So. Yeah. I mean, these people probably live to be what thirty-five. <laughs> like they probably don't have a lot uh, of Not screen. if you're Elena, then you live to be yeah, hundred. But I mean, like the regular people of you know, like the uh, poor people. Yeah. So the probably only other ruler that they can remember is no, the, the Targaryen. Was pretty old, and he was poor. Shit. He may have had the devil. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but the Targaryens, and the last Targaryen was the Mad King who wanted to burn them all alive. So mm-hmm. you have that. You have Cersei who blew up the fucking High Septon. So that's against the religious order. The only other people they know are the people in the north. Okay. So after basically discussing that, they're kind of shit out of luck right now, and they really need some allies. Um, we kind of go to the next scene, and we have Euron coming in. And so he... Euron Greyjoy. Yep, he has brought his ships. We see a scene with these ships, and these ships look super badass. Like Pretty incredible, Um, I must say. I, this is, I was trying to talk about this last time we had a friend over. Um, how long do you think it took for those ships to be built? I mean, that's insane. Well, I think they had to speed up the process because they were using wood from everywhere. I mean, yeah. there's no way. I mean, unless they have like, I mean, how many, how many Remember Greyjoys the, can be on that on island? island. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. they either have like. I mean, I'm just trying to use this as a time. They're sea, they're they're sea people, not carpenters. Yeah. I mean, the history of the Greyjoys is they do not sew, and meaning they ain't have shit on that island. They can't uh, produce. Uh, they don't have farmlands. They don't have so you any don't resources. Think they built their own sh- their own ships. So before. they no, because you saw him say like everyone we gotta build these ships but i'm like how many fucking carpenters can there really be i mean mm-hmm. i think that's like that's got to be like just a plot necessarily hole. what a, they i don't think you need a carpenter to build a ship i think a ship builder is its own thing you know oh I mean? well a I ship they don't don't go together is there a na- is there like a an actual title for the category of ship builder i just think if you're a shipist i mean there's there's people that build ships. It's a completely different process, though. You know, you're taking huge things of timber and then you're bending them to make the hole, and then doing that. And it's like you would think if you're uh, if you have a huge merchant vessel fleet or pirate fleet or whatever the hell, you have to maintain those ships. So you think they would know how to do that? You would think they would have built them as well. Like it's crazy to me that like all of a sudden these people would be like. We're going to build a bunch of ships and never have built ships before. That's insane. Those ships are crazy awesome, too. And like, they are massive. Yeah. Massive ships. And my huge thing of disbelief is, like, where'd they get the lumber? 
they're on there's no way they got all that lumber it just doesn't make sense to me well they were tearing down houses and shacks and everything else but you know i love game of thrones enough that i'm willing to overlook that maybe they'll explain that yeah totally um anyways before we get too off track on that essentially he comes he does what he said he wanted to promise his his um you know ships and everything to Circe and all he wants in return is to be king of the Iron Islands and kill every well he doesn't want to be king of the Iron he wants to be king of everything he wants Circe's hand in marriage and Circe denies it and he says you know what while you think on that I'm gonna go and kill my niece and nephew and then I'm going to give you a little present and we don't know what that present is uh Jamie is not impressed and um, Cersei is not impressed enough to take him up on the offer yet, but we'll see what happens, um, when he comes back with whatever gift mm-hmm. he... It is kind of funny, though. It's like the, you know, the pot calling the kettle black. Cersei's like, you have no loyalty. You literally <laughs> murdered everyone yeah, there, in your own there are, church. Like... There are a lot of parallels between Euron and Cersei. A pretty horrific... Duo. U- yeah. <laughs> union. I can't think of two people alive that would make a uh, a worse union maybe Varys and Littlefinger that would be sexy <laughs> that that would be interesting <laughs> we're at the citadel okay so uh we see that we have um Sam's cleaning out he's doing the same thing over and over and over and over again so we um, don't know if it's shit or stew it all looks like shit they <laughs> both look exactly the same well, it's going in and coming so, out looking just the same firm log in that soup maybe it has like a spell on it where it just recycles it's the... <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Ugh, keeps it that. it keeps its shape you just squirt it into a pot and then pour it in a bowl mm. squirt it into a pot and pour it in pretty soon the bowls and the pots are all the same seems like sam's washing he's washing dishes Oof. and he doesn't know if it's toilets or Ugh, Bulls. disgusting. Um, so he gets pretty sick of that, and he, he has a conversation with his uh, master. Uh, master Marwin. And um, he basically says, hey, I was sent here from the watch. Like, I'm here to learn about White Walkers and go back as soon as possible. No one even believes me. And he goes, well, I believe you. I think it'd be stupid for you to be lying about it. But you slowly roll. All the winters have ended. We'll get to it eventually. And... And that pisses Sam off. Okay, so then we cut back and we are back in Winterfeld. And we open up and we see that we have Brienne. And she is fighting um, and training with... Pod, uh, Pod the Rod. Pod the Rod. And then we have Redbeard. What's his name? Tormund. Tormund. So we have Tormund is super He's a jockhead. He's like, hmm... Oh, mm. yeah, Brienne. And she's kind of grossed out. I don't know how she, if she would know how to react anyway. Um, and then in the same scene, we kind of have Littlefinger being a creepo with Sansa. He's saying, oh, I just want you to be safe. And uh, remember, this is before when he said, oh, you know, all I want is you to be happy. And oh, I, I want He's you to He's just know, trying side. to appear to be an advocate for Sansa, even though he's really only an advocate for himself, as we know. At this point, I cannot... I don't feel like he is really in love with her. At first, I thought, oh, maybe he's, like, transferring this love for Catelyn over to her. 
But no, he sold her off. Like, if he really loved her, that would not be the case at all. Like, so I feel like he's, that's his, like, facade he's showing her. is like, oh, I'm just a creepy pervert that likes you. In reality, it's much more sinister. Well, that's the same thing that he did to Sansa's aunt before he pushed mm-hmm. her out the moon door. He acted like he loved her. And then when yep. it was beneficial, he got rid of her. Mm-hmm. So it's just little finger being little finger. Yeah. Um, and then we, we learned that Sansa's basically doing this because of, you know, they needed the men from the veil. She's still doing it. She's playing Brienne, the game right back. Brienne knows something's going on, though. And she... She's, she's on to him. Um, Sansa claims to know exactly what he wants, but I don't think she does. Like, I, like we just said, I'm pretty sure he's playing the double game, what she's good at. Um, so then after that, we come across, we have Arya and she is kind of... At an Ed Sheridan concert. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people. <laughs> really good seats. <laughs> and she didn't have to pay anything for it. Um, yeah, this is very weird. Yeah, like, it threw me off. I didn't, I mean, I... Don't have anything against Ed Sheridan or however you say his sure. name. Um, but um, I like my Game of Thrones, not in reality. Okay? I don't want to see... <laughs> what the fuck? I don't want to see a top ten pop star. Next thing you know, Mariah Carey is going to be Cersei's sister and come in from another place in Westeros that we have never heard of. Right. Grammy um, Town. Um so Arya basically is riding by, and you can tell she's a little apprehensive. She's used to riding by Lannister soldiers and them trying to either rape her or stab her or do whatever. And they turn around, and they're actually really friendly. They offer her some food. Um, they have a, a good little conversation. And uh, they go, why, why are you riding south? Yeah, that's... And then she's like, I'm going to quill. quill. I'm, a, I'm going to kill your king, queen. I'm... I've been drinking wine. (laughs) So, Um, yeah. So she takes a big old swig, and then that's when she spills her gut, so. I don't, I feel like she's doing that, because she, she looks at all them, remember, she looks and sees all the swords, they don't have their swords, and I think she's trying to antagonize them, like, she's saying that, because she knows, if they are going to, if they're like, oh god, quill the queen, we must kill you, she's just going to slit all their necks, because she can do that now, and otherwise, they're just going to be like, well, whatever. Like they do. Yeah, and I also think this shows a little bit of humanity left in Arya as well. A monster. She still can talk to people. She's not slitting their throats right away. She doesn't support what they, you know, stand for. But they are the common people. Okay, so after that we come to the Brothers Without Banners and the Hound. And they're riding back. And they actually come across. It's the same farm that we came with the Hound and Arya. Where he stole the silver and left them to die. And he does not want to go in. He tries very much to avoid it because he knows what happened. He knows that those people died. Um, so we come across the house and the little girl's corpse is in the arms of her father's corpse. And so they starve to death and then he, uh, well, they starved. And then to avoid starving to death, he slit their wrists. So that's pretty uh, horrible. Yeah. Um, and then we have, you know, the hound is being kind of pouty. And um, so Thoros comes over and says, hey, come and look at the fire. And we, the hound hates fire. So for him to get to see this is kind of crazy. But um, he comes and stares in the flames and he sees. Okay, so he looks in the fire and he says that he sees the wall 
a wall of made of ice. So that's the the wall that um, the Night's Watch patrols. He says that there is an army of dead marching past the wall next to a mountain that looks like an arrowhead. So we've heard before that the the wall has spells put on it to where people can't cross that are undead. Did something happen with Bran with that mark to where that is now changed? Is something else going to change? Is there more magical powers that are going to happen to where that is nulled? We don't know yet, but something's going to happen to where these are coming through, at least according to the Lord of Light. Now, we all know that Stannis looked into the light, too, and saw himself winning, (laughs) and he's dead, so maybe this is a future that can happen, not the future that does happen. Well, uh, was Stannis burned? No. So... You think that has anything to do with it? No, I'm I'm just being a conspiracy theorist, but you saying that, like, what if Stannis does win? What if he's, you know, raised from the dead and... Did they, they didn't burn him, did they? That's what I was just asking. Oh, yeah. We never saw him die, and I feel like if we knew he was beheaded, because there was a whole big conspiracy on whether Stannis was alive or not, because we didn't see him die, kind of like there was with the Hound. Oh, yeah. But we, I think, just assumed that Brienne killed him. him. She says she did, so. Yeah, so. Anyway. Okay, um, so um, then basically in the middle of the night, um, the Hound wakes up and he buries the, the two bodies now. Um, I think he said this, but I just want to touch on it again. Um, I think this is partly he regrets it, but he regretted this even before coming here. I think the main thing is he's scared these bodies are going to come back. Um, and he does not know, oh, you have to burn the bodies or use Valerian steel or use dragon glass to kill them. Well, if they're not dead yet, you just have to burn the bodies. That's I don't think do he's it. scared that he that they're going to come back because he doesn't know anything about um, the army of the dead other than they're marching. He doesn't know that yeah. they can, like, raise the dead. He's from the South. Well, if there's some dead people being raised, wouldn't you assume all of them were? If you saw, if you looked in the fire right now and you saw... I, I see what you're dream, saying, but for this, the character arc of this character, you know, his thoughts and morality are changing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I see that, but I think there's a reason why he woke up in the middle of the night and it was after that prophecy. I, I think it's two parts. Well, agree to disagree. All right. Disagree to disagree. Disagree to disagree. Um, okay. And okay. So then we cut back and we have Sam. He's reading through those books and he's hanging out with Gilly and little Sam and he is exhausted. Gilly's like, you know, just go to bed. And he's like, no, I have to look through. And he opens up um, one of the books and we figure out um, there's a little bit of superfluous information in there. Basically that the Valerians decorated their blades with dragon glass and that Valerian steel, you know, is rare and blah, 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 blah. But we do see that there is a cache of, there was a mine on Dragonstone and that's where basically Valeria got almost all of their dragon glass. We also see, now this is probably a little bit more of Nell's expertise, but what do we see on that same page? We see cat's pot, Corey. Um, cats. <laughs> okay, so on that same page, um, there's actually some information that you might have caught if you are into kind of the lore of all the swords and daggers. So, Anel, you want to take it from the top about Cat's Paw? Well, we see Cat's Paw, and um, there's a lot of speculation towards who who has Cat's Paw. And what Cat's Paw is, is it's a dagger 
made of valerian steel. Um, some people say that um, Littlefinger has this. Some people say that uh, Jeffrey has it. So, so for those of you who don't remember, this was the same blade that in the very beginning, like season one or season two, um, no, season one, when um, Bran is on his basically deathbed and Catelyn is there beside him and they uh, someone sets uh, a building on fire and everyone leaves to go and check out what's going on and assassin comes in. She grabs that blade with her hands and it cuts her, her hands down to the bone. That blade is Cat's Paw. Corey and I were kind of discussing this that we'll talk about later as far as where we where are the known Valerian steel swords in this universe? So mainly we're here talking about the show Game of Thrones mm-hmm. um, because neither one of us have finished the books up until uh, the point that they're at now. But um, we'll discuss that in a little bit. Okay, so the scene after this, we, we actually still are um, looking at Sam. He's back into the Citadel. But we, he's going by, and it looks like these people are cornered off in, um, like, they almost look like cells, but we, I think they all are sick. Um, and then we find out that there's someone with grayscale in it, so it's only we can assume is uh, Jorah. Yep, we see a hand covered in black scales, and uh, we hear a voice. And he, this voice is asking... Is uh, she here yet? Yep, and he says specifically... The Dragon Queen Daenerys. So one thing that is known by this scene is that up until now, I don't know if Sam had even heard about a Dragon Queen, but now he knows that there's a Dragon Queen named Daenerys and that whoever this person in in the cell is asking if she's here yet. So um, it's definitely got to perk Sam's interest for one. Who is this scaly man like reaching out, almost killed me? Mm-hmm. And then secondary to that, who is this dragon queen? Like he's at the mm-hmm. Citadel where they hold all the information. So it'd be easy for Sam to research and find out more information. So a couple interesting things about this that we know is for one, Jorah's not dead. He's there in the Citadel. And Jorah has 99.9% of the information uh, regarding Daenerys and her plight because he's been with her for so long. Mm-hmm. So up until just very recent events, that's the only thing that Jorah is not going to have information about. So if Sam and Jorah actually start talking, um, Sam knows about the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. He knows about the Dragonglass and Valerian Steel now from the books. Jorah knows about the Dragon Queen and such. So we have two of the key people with information that have an opportunity to um, convey that information to each other. Or at least we have a way for them to facilitate a meeting or, you know, exchanging of knowledge or whatever. Okay. And then, so talking about Danny, um, we see that she has landed upon Dragonstone. She goes and touches the sands that she has not touched since she left as a child. And which they really, HBO really goes out of its way to, um, make you feel something, you know, at one point she touches down and everyone's waiting. Like she gets off first. She's the first on the land. She's grabbing that sand. She's breathing in the air. And even when she goes inside the castle there, um, there's a point where, um, gray worm is walking to, I don't know, go beside her, protect her. And Masande 
holds him back, you know, like give her an opportunity. This is her moment. This is what Mm -hmm. she's been dreaming of. So they really play upon your heartstrings to let you really feel like she's finally done it. Well, and I think too, it's a double edged sword because it's like, she's fighting to go back home and her home is this empty, dreary castle. You know, it's the, the home is what you make of it. And so it's like, she's back at the location of her, you know, ancestral childhood, but she has a lot of work to do before it's her actual home. Well, also, um, another thing to consider is, you know, it's Daenerys Stormborn. She was born in a storm. And one thing that was um, kind of why it was a slap in the face that Stannis inherited this um, castle is because it is, it's Stormlands. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's horrible weather, typically. Um, that castle has managed to survive at all, but uh, it's not a very fertile place. It's kind mm-hmm. of... Um, not to compare it to the Iron Islands, but it's kind of a similar place like that. Like not isolated. A, it's not isolated. Yeah. yeah. But here we are at the time that she lands there for the first time. You see the sun in the background. There's no wind. You know, it's I think it symbolizes that um, it's uh, it's a monumental time. It's not a normal day. Mm-hmm. You know, she's there. There's no wind, there's no storm. And well, it's... and we we also, if we flash back too, to um, when we were talking with Cersei and Jamie, and they, I believe it's them maybe, but they were talking about Dragonstone and how it has deep, um, you know, there's enough docking for deep water ships to go there. Mm-hmm. And it it is perfect place for her to have her armies. It's perfect place to have the dragons. Like... And it's also a perfect place for Euron and all of his ships to go. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So. Hmm. 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 So, um, so basically she takes down a Baratheon um, banner, one of the only signs that anyone even has lived there since she's probably left, um, besides a couple, you know, candle holders tipped down. Oh, yeah. It's hers now. And. No more Baratheon banner. She uh, makes her way. She, she looks at the kind of the throne. And you think she's going to go sit in it, but then she doesn't, because I think she knows, like, it means nothing until she gains the whole continent. So she walks into the painted room, and she says, shall we begin? So now we know this is where everything is going to actually start. The Game of Thrones has officially begun. This is also where her life began, you know? This is the throne um, and the castle that uh, Aegon the Conqueror... Um, created right before he took over the Iron Throne, yeah, the, or made yeah. the Iron Throne, yeah, Westeros, and um, you know, Stannis before he left that area, he still had the map of Westeros there with all the pawns and pieces on the map, and that's where we leave it. Is her and Tyrion staring at that um, map of Westeros with all the pawns and pieces, and her saying, "Shall we begin?" Which I. I really feel is a very symbolic of this whole episode. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, emotive yeah. My boyfriend was like, "Where is the action? We only have six, seven episodes of the season." And um, I was like, "Shut up!" We saw the murder in the beginning. Arya clapped back. You know, everywhere else I felt was important because we're literally setting up the game. Each piece is now back in Westeros. We have Daenerys cross the narrow sea. She's there. Um, we have the new queen in charge of the Seven Kingdoms is Cersei. We have uh, 
Euron coming to pledge his uh, allegiance to. We have Euron coming to pledge his allegiance to Cersei. We have Jaime back from um, the twins. We have Bran on the other side of the wall. We even have the White Walkers coming to get to the wall. So um, all of these pieces are in play and they're all ready to go. And um, there's only a few people um, that actually know about the war in the North. And um, so, Corey, let's talk about who actually is aware of the White Walker threat. Who do we know and where are they? Okay. So for the White Walkers, obviously we have Jon Snow and Sam and Gilly. So they, they know about this. We also now see that, uh, and also Bran also knows um, that they're there. He, he knows everything. He was also attacked by the White Walkers when he was in the middle of that dream. Um, he took over Hordor's body for a second, so I'm sure he was conscious for part of that at least. Um, but then we also have the Hound. So he just saw in his vision the undead uh, armies walking. He might not know that they're literally White Walkers, but he knows that they're undead armies, so... You would think you would put two and two together if this is like a legend of the area. And then we have uh, Melisandre. And we don't know where Melisandre is, but she was sent away after mm-hmm. John found out about her killing Princess Shireen. Mm-hmm. So sure. um, we have then, so John, Bran, they're all in the north, but we have Melisandre and the Hound. Melisandre is just speculating, but if she's just walking, I don't know if she used her magic. She could be anywhere. But mm-hmm. I would imagine uh, she would be no further than um, the middle of Westeros, like Erie area or yeah, who knows how time sure. works here. But um, then we have the Hound, who is in the middle of Westeros somewhere. And then we have Sam and Gilly in the south at the Citadel, mm-hmm. who are aware of the white walkers and the threat so we have coverage in westeros from the top to the bottom of certain people who do know of the threat to come so um we also and I mean, it's just a matter of convincing people exactly. around them now we i i don't know if he realizes how bad the threat is but we also have Tyrion lannister that knows about white walkers he was up at the wall did he actually see one? I don't remember. That attack happened when he was there, I'm pretty sure, didn't it? He was also the Hand of the King when they asked about it, and they said that there was undead bodies. That report went to there, didn't it? Yeah, but I'm talking about who physically experienced it, who can testify for sure, because everyone kind of knows that there's this lore about these walkers, but they kind of, even the uh, maesters were like, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's... So, you know, people have reported it, but it's been many winter. You know, even Ned was kind of that way when it was discussed. Because remember that guy from over the wall and the first episode was like, oh, I just saw. Okay, so going kind of hand in hand with the White Walkers, who knows, A, what Valerian Steel does to White Walkers, and B, who has Valerian Steel? Well, we know Sam for sure. Because Sam's dealt with uh, Dragonglass, yep. for one, and now he has the books about Valyrian Steel. Yep, we know Jon Snow for sure, because he's used his Valyrian Steel blade, uh, Longclaw, to kill them. Um, only other person I can think of that would know this could be Bran, just because he has the powers of the Three-Eyed Raven. Well, I think Bran, I think we have to say that Bran knows everything yeah. now, because he's the Three-Eyed Raven, so... 
He has memories of past, present, future. Future. Yeah. Um, Maybe not the future. Can he see in the future? I don't think so. Yeah, well, anyway, he knows a lot. Actually, yeah. I mean, the dreams were prophetic to the future, right? Oh, well, I guess the original the original Three-Eyed Raven was like, you're not going to be able to walk, but you will fly. So I yeah. assume that since he's the Three-Eyed Raven now, he has access to that, yeah. too. So... Hmm. Yeah, possible. I just... I think he would know. Oh, well, he needs to hurry up and think about the cure for Everything. being paralyzed yeah. and just whip that up. Seriously. Um... Only other person I can think or of. Or at least a wheelbarrow for poor Mira. Seriously. You know, put a fucking wheel on <laughs> she, She's gonna, she's gonna need back. a wheelchair after pulling him halfway to hell. Um, only other thing I can think of, perhaps, is we have um, Euron. So we know he sailed everywhere. Yeah. He might know about All this. that raping and pillaging and stealing. Yeah, totally. You're bound to get some good... Good info. Good info. No, I just feel like maybe he um, he might. So, um, Euron, what makes him kind of a unique character is, even though we haven't heard a lot about him, is he's had, he's self-proclaimed uh, master seaman. And he's been all That's over. That's what I call myself. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been all over the place. So, mainly uh, the Ironborn, um, their motto is, we do not sew, and that's because they just steal everything they want. Um, they are pillagers, and he's been all over the world pillaging. So um, there are theories out there saying that he's been able to, um, in his travels, find things that may be pertinent to uh, the coming things in the uh, war to come, and uh, maybe his alliance with Cer- Cersei, but... He does say that he has a gift for her, so we'll have to see what kind of things he's going to pull out to uh, woo precious Circe. Oh, probably probably more than one if you catch my drift. Oh, God. Um, okay, and then, so, okay, let's let's go over who all has Valyrian steel and what their names are. So we already talked about Jon Snow having Longclaw. Now that was, um, he got that from the Lord Commander. Um, and that was the ancestral blade that had been passed That's down a him. That's a Mormont sword. Yep. And it should have been Jorah's, but Jorah was shamed um, because he sold slaves, and that's how Jorah ended up in Essos. So we had ice that was at Stark's, so that was melted down into yeah. two different blades. And that was a huge sword, so that's uh, how it, it was able to be melted down into, one, the Oath Keeper, which was given to Jamie, and then two... Widow's Whale, which was given to Joffrey. And then um, Corey did some research because we couldn't remember what happened to it. And maybe well, it... first, so Oathbreaker was given to Bran of Tarth. So then Jamie did not have that sword. But then after Joffrey dies, Widow's Whale apparently is in Joffrey's or in uh, Jamie's possession. So now Bran has a, a, a sword. She has Oathbreaker. Oathkeeper. Oathkeeper. <laughs> King Slayer. Um, and then Jamie has Widow's uh, Whale. Now, kind of along that same line, remember we were talking about how it got melted down. So there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of people that know how to work with the Solarian steel. Yeah, it's not something that anyone can just uh, forge a fire and melt down. You have to know specific spells. And so um, 
Tywin in order to melt down the sword and make the other two swords, sought out one of the um, armorers, one of the only ones who knew how to melt Valerian steel, Tobomod or something like that. Yo, Tobomod, yeah, that's it. And um, so as far as we know, he's still around, but um, the only other person that would know such things is our near and dear to our hearts, Gendry. And Gendry. he could forge a lot of swords with as buff as his little paddling arms are. Mm-hmm. Six seasons strong, right. and he's still out and who knows where. But the last place that we saw him leave from was Dragonstone. That's where he took his boat and like mm-hmm. started paddling into the sea. So as far as we know, I mean, Daenerys could have passed right by his little ass in that narrow sea. Seriously. Help me. Help me. So... We have those four swords. We have Cat's Paw, which we already talked about. Then we have a possibility of another sword. So what's the online rumors about this? Um, there is a rumor that Mira Reed, who is uh, Jojen's sister, the one who's been um, after... Carting around. <laughs> yeah, who's been carting around Bran after Hodor's passing. Rest in peace, Hodor. Hodor. Um... <laughs> That as she was leaving the um, werewood tree, when they were all running out, you see her grab a sword. And so in the show, we don't have any reference to uh, the sword that she was grabbing. Maybe she just, you know, there. I mean, it's purely speculatory. But there's a rumor that the sword she was grabbing could be a sword called Lady Forlorn. And it's a, a sword that uh, was designed for a woman's hand. But... Um, I mean, all that's speculatory, so we don't know. But wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, she deserves something for carrying Bran around. So can you imagine if Mira Reed and Jindri had a baby? It'd be like Tormund on steroids. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> then Melisandre would probably take it. She'd be like, mm, <laughs> the blood of this baby. Burn it at the stake. Okay, and then we have Sam, who also got his um, Valerian seal sword from his father. He decided to say, fuck you, Dad, I'm taking that sword anyways. He knows actually what it can be used for. It's going to be better than hanging on a mantle, even if he doesn't believe he killed a White Walker. I don't know. Does he know it's Valerian steel? He must. It's a family heirloom. Yeah, I think I think they said it was. Um, and that's called uh, Heartsbane. So we have... The Valerian steels that we uh, know of are Longclaw, Heartsbane, um... Oath then Keeper. we have Oathkeeper, and we have Widow's Will, and we also have the dagger, Cat's Paw. Um, but we do know that there are lost Valyrian treasures. So um, not only in this, you know, the city of Atlantis, but we also have a couple people who have lost them. So um, the Targaryens, each of the Targaryens that were killed, um, I think they each had one, so that's rumored. Um, they could be found somewhere where they're just lost forever. Also, um, you know, there was uh, why Lord Tywin wanted um, Valerian steel so bad is because his brother actually went on an expedition to Volantis, and he had one on him and he lost it. And they actually tried to send people to go and get it, and they still couldn't find it. So all of these are somewhere. And you would think, so just forge some more Valerian steel. However, Valerian steel is a special steel uh, that's 
derived from a special forging process and spells that was only known um, in Valeria. And Valeria was completely obliterated by what's called the Doom. And no one really knows what happened, but the secrets of how to forge Valerian steel were lost in the Doom. So, so, that, so far that we know. Um, no one knows how to do that. So um, the other option besides the Valerian steel is Dragonglass. And we know the main place with Dragonglass is going to be Dragonstone. And so um, a key player in um, creating these weapons that will be the only tools that people can use against the whites and the Night's King is going to be Daenerys because she is uh, self-proclaimed queen of the seven kingdoms and she's just landed in uh are on dragonstone mm-hmm. well and don't they also say to the um like we know fire obviously kills them i think it kills the whites but it doesn't work on the, the but night didn't the night king walk through that fire they froze the fire but this is what i'm getting at so i know that um the definition or the translation of dragon's glass i thought it meant like dragon fire hardened or something like that so it's like if that will kill them do you think dragon fire will kill them it's hard to say that's possibly too so i mean we could have dragon glass we could have valerian steel the, also the other thing is, is isn't valerian steel rumored to be made with dragon fire yeah, it's forged so, with the dragon fire. Everything that with dragons seems to have an effect of killing the, these White Walkers. So I would assume that the dragons that Danny has is gonna gonna kill him. But you know, dragons can die, and they can die fairly easily. I mean, there's reports of uh, dragons being killed with just like a spear if you hit them in the right place. So it's not like these dragons are invincible. No, but and there's only three. Yeah, this is true. But for right now, this is a lot better than fucking one sword. I'll tell you that much. I mean, especially if they're coming over that wall. Dragon flyby. That's if the dragon fire works. We don't yeah. we don't know yet. So yeah, um, other than that, so what did you think of the season opener? I liked it. Like I said before, it put all the key players on the map and... Um, it gets a setup for a crazy episode two. Um, one, the episode two title is Stormborn, and then um, the the something of the queen. But I'll look it up. So it gets a setup for a completely awesome season seven episode two. Um, the title of episode two is going to be Stormborn, and we all know who Stormborn is. It's Daenerys. So I think it's going to be a Daenerys centric episode and. Okay, so Stormborn. We know that she got her name because this is very clear to me. This is like the first couple chapters of the book when you first start reading Game of Thrones is she gets her name because she was born in a fucking crazy storm on Dragonstone, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think we're going to flash back maybe to that and see that we've seen a couple flashbacks now? I think um, I don't think that Game of Thrones producers uh, are big fans of flashbacks. They kind of had We've to do it. We've already had a couple, though. We've in certain cir- circumstances, but um, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if there's any secrets to be held in Dragonstone. 
know what I mean? If they were leaving, did they maybe hide something of importance in the keeps there? Is there something that Baratheons didn't find? Oh, yeah. Well, if if there are, then I do believe she's going to find it because that was created by her family member. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Targaryen who created it. So I feel like uh, any secrets that were left undiscovered are going to be more easily discovered by her. Mm-hmm. But um, I saw in the preview they had um, shown the set where it was... Um, blown up and they also showed an area that looked like uh the dragon pits and so i would imagine that eventually we'll get to see the dragon pits of um king's landing Mm -hmm. and they were talking about that too when um aria was ran into the lannister knights or army soldiers Mm -hmm. um so I think that's alluding to what we may see in the coming episodes. I don't know if it'll happen. Totally. You know, next week's episode, but it's coming. That'd be kind of epic. Well, also, we have to also be concerned that she's got to feed these dragons. And what have they been doing? Roasting children. And Mm -hmm. so I don't see a whole lot of opportunity to do that unless it's her own people over here at Dragonstone. But... Maybe she's got to be on the move to find and feed her army, find mm-hmm. food. Just like Jamie was saying. He's like, we need grains and yeah. stuff to feed our army. So it's all going to be strategizing. And I, I think, think we'll have plenty to eat here soon. Okay, that's it for this episode of To Be Perfectly Honest, Season 7 of Game of Thrones. Make sure you tune in next week and watch the show with us. And catch our next podcast um if you guys want to subscribe on itunes that way you'll get it as soon as it's released please give us any feedback so that we can share it in next week's episode as well as make sure you hit that subscribe button folks um also if you want to go to our website at www.tobeperfectlyhonestpodcast.com there we have a link to all the other shows that we do um right now currently we're doing a twin peaks podcast as well um that's it for this week make sure you guys tune in next week and as always be perfectly honest